our good friend Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. In order for the Jazz to contend for a top three or four spot in the Western Conference, there had to be improvements organically. And I think we're seeing that. Mike Conley looks more like Mike Conley. Jordan Clarkson, a guy that I picked for sixth man of the year, has been everything you could ask for and more. Those things are sustainable. Are they sustainable at the level they're at right now? Probably not, but so aren't all these other teams. I mean, I'm watching Paul George play right now, and he's shooting like 50% from the floor and 50% from three. I mean, there are some wacky numbers across the league that simply aren't going to hold up. Mike Conley, who has been playing so well, shoots only two of seven, one of five from three, and yet he had a huge impact on that game for the positive. Ten assists. What was he? What was his plus minus in that game? Plus 26. That shows you the development of uh, Mike Conley as a terrific setup man. He doesn't have to shoot great every game, and he can help his team still win, and that's what he did last night. New Orleans isn't playing the type of defense that bothers the Jazz. That high-pressure defense that has caused the Jazz to struggle a little bit. And if you don't do that, what the Jazz are going to do is get into their offense. If you get open shots, your opportunity to, and this isn't rocket science, to make those threes is so much higher as opposed to off the bouncer, a hand in your face, or any of those sorts of things. And the Jazz got anything they wanted shooting last night. It's really, really fun to watch. Head basketball coach at Utah State, Craig Smith, with us here on the Big Show. I gotta tell you, it feels so good to talk to you guys. The fact that happened to be bogged down by talking to Scotty Gerard um, all the time. Coach, let's talk about your team. What's going right up there? You know, coaches do your best to put guys in a position to have success. But basketball is a player's game. Players gotta go out there and defend hard and rebound and make the decisions on the offensive end. We've been fortunate to have some very good players that have really bought in to what we're trying to do on both sides of the ball. Now the running backs coach at Utah State, Chucky Keaton, with us here on the Big Show. Is it good to be back? Good to be home? It's great. It's still crazy to me just through the journey that I've been on and the opportunity to go through the program as a player and play for five years and then to be able to come back to this school is a dream and it's a blessing and it's still kind of crazy to me just to be able to come back. At one point it was a foreign place and now I'm pretty much the tour guide for some of the other coaches. <laughs> so I'm definitely excited to continue to improve upon the foundation that's already been laid in front of us. John Canzano, the Oregonian, you're on the big show. I guess the new commissioner doesn't necessarily have to be well-versed in the X's and O's of football, but they sure better understand the importance of it, right? Because I swear it seemed like Larry Scott got lost in that. Didn't know it. I mean, he was a Harvard-educated tennis player, and who did he hire as his right hand? Woody Dixon, another attorney who didn't know football. And the coaches would have conversations with the conference office, and conference did not understand their challenges in scheduling, and why can't you play a 7 p.m. kickoff or turn around on a short week? What about this rule change that's being proposed? They really felt it was, you're from Mars, I'm from Venus, when they were talking to the conference commissioner. There'd be three people I'd interview for this job. Any one of Bob Chapek's kids. Who's Bob Chapek? The current CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Oh. He's got three children. I have no idea how old they are, but <laughs> one of them has got to be qualified enough to sit in a chair and say, hey, Dad, uh, <laughs> I want to succeed at my first big job. <laughs> Could you give us a sweet deal on our next TV contract? That's good thinking. What do you think? That's progressive what you, isn't there, that brilliant? Yeah, He's got three kids. All you got to do is hire one of them. If his kid is in eighth grade, that's okay. I don't care. I, you can build in a playground there at the you headquarters. Can do, well, you can, absolutely. There's a reason the other conferences have partnered with television companies to run their networks. Because athletic conference commissioners have no business running television networks. None. <laughs> Zero. Is everybody ready? Everybody's working for the weekend. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. It's Friday. I'm in love. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome in. It is the big show. I'm Gordon Monson. Jake Scott will be along momentarily. Apparently, we have a little technical difficulties. He's uh, at the warehouse today, and uh, I'm at home, and Austin's in the studio. 
And Austin's probably Austin's probably panicking right now, but as usual, the guys come through. Jake, you there? Yes, yes, Gordon. Hello, hello. What were you? Hi. Were you not paying attention? No, uh, my microphone was not working for some crazy reason. Uh, Johnny Lightfoot, though, uh, it, it has me here. We're at the warehouse, eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred West. Oh, I'm I'm flustered. Great job by Austin on Sounds of the Week right there. Brought to you by James yeah. Flowers. Uh, Valentine's mm-hmm. Day coming quick, Gordo. And uh, Flowers make the perfect gift, of course. Place your order today as uh, selection remains good. Uh, have those flowers delivered as well. Jimmy's Flowers with locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountiful. Also, jimmysflowers.com. That's Jimmy's Flowers. Gordon, uh, thanks for, for bringing us in. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, glad you could finally make it with that microphone. That's kind of uh, a microphone is a little bit necessary for a radio show. At least that's what my uh, 30 years of doing it has taught me. Uh, I've at least grasped that much. It yeah. is. I like, and for I like you, well, okay, for you, ahead. for you especially, the microphone is important because the the you know the things that go over your ears uh, th- that's not important to you because you don't listen. What are you talking about? I listen all the time. I, I listen to you each and every single day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just, just kidding. Uh, How you I doing? Just struggle listening to Austin sometimes. Um, I am doing. Uh, I'm doing terrifically well. It's Friday. It's uh, it's my wife's birthday. Uh, oh, nice. happy birthday, so, Naz. So we're uh, yeah, yeah. So we're we're gonna uh, we're we're having a good day. Absolutely. She liked her gift that Sadie and I got her, so that's good. And, uh, you uh, mind yeah. you mind telling us? We got our new ski goggles. Oh, which uh, there's there's been a lot of technological advancements in the ski goggle world lately, as I've uh, as I discovered while shopping for them. They don't fog up. Uh, yeah, these are not supposed to fog up. You can like trade out the lenses because they're they're magnetic, so it's it's super it's super slick. It's cool, and she's going to be looking stylish, which uh, of course is uh, is half the battle. <laughs> Dad doesn't care about that. She cares about, you know, conquering the mountain. She does, and, and in fact, no, she, she doesn't she, have to. She doesn't have to worry about it. She'll uh, she'll do just fine uh, without even trying. I'm sure. Well, when she was talking about her old her old goggles, she says, "You know, I really don't like them when it's when it's really sunny out. I don't feel like it 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 blocks the sun enough. And then, you know, when it's snowing, I can't see anything because the light's so flat." And I was like, "You know what? <laughs> Maybe kind of you important. need some new goggles <laughs> because if they're not good yeah. in the sun and they're not good in flat light." Then I think it's it's pretty safe to assume they're not good. Period, and we should probably do something else. Do you think maybe we should get Naz on today to celebrate her birthday? Uh, well, no, because I don't think she'll <laughs> I don't think she'll come on. Uh, frankly, <laughs> she doesn't want to be guilty by association here. Uh, I I just don't think she wants to be on the radio. Yeah. Well. Oh, I mean, she's very interesting to listen to. I, you know. She's anyway. Well. She's uh, um, above it all. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's gonna, not going to lower herself to what you do for a living. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, she took the day off today and she still has better things to do, you know. <laughs> That's funny. Well, anyway, happy birthday, Naz. Yeah, yeah, so it's good. So, Gordon, we have a, a lot to do today. Do you have a, a list prepared for us? I do. I do have a list here. And Excellent. It's, uh, it's burning up. It's ready to I go. See. All right, Howard Beck will be on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. And then our good friend uh, Ben Anderson will be on with us from kslsports.com. Uh, he covers the jazz. He does a terrific job, and we'll get his thoughts on uh, on not only how well the Jazz are playing right now, but also this uh, purse fight with Shaq that uh, half the team is in. Uh, well, Shaq's gone after Rudy. I know we'll talk a lot about this, and I'm sure it's on the list. But what are you know? Is Shaq just uh, not a Jazz fan at the moment? You know, he he takes multiple shots at Rudy, and now he's uh, <laughs> he's being critical about Donovan. Is he still yep, mad about the one. tag? It's, it's it's number one on the list. Is he still mad about the tag thing? You think? 
you think that's <laughs> still an issue for, for Shaq? Okay, well, we'll get to it with the list. We've got a big show today. I mentioned at the warehouse, come by and see us in the Salt Lake location, 1825 South, 300 West. Don't forget about Orem as well, 86 East, University Parkway. Uh, let's jump into it. It's time for Gordon's List. And now, another look into the mind of Gordon Monson. I know, we're all terrified. Let's just try to get through this together. This is Gordon's List on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Previously on Gordon's List. Well, what do you think about people who clip their toenails and then pop them in their mouths? Mr. Nibbler. Go Aggies! I will say that uh, in seeing Shelly next to him on the broadcast, she's uh, she's not as uh, young as she once was. No, I'm not insulting her. She was always a beautiful lady, and she still is, but she, she just looks like she's, you know, it's it's been 10 years. <laughs> Time for Gordon's List, brought to you by... Tim Daly, Nissan Murray, home of the auto warranty that doesn't quit. It's endless. It's perpetual. It's forever. Man, you're mean to Shell Bell, Gordo. I love Shell Bell. I always liked her. I still do, even though I haven't talked to her in a long time. <laughs> Boy, seeing her on the TV, she's really aged terribly. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> that was the gist. Hey, hey. We're all uh, we're all up against it in that regard. I mean, the years do go by, and uh, happily so. I mean, you know, happily so. All right, Gordon, where do you want to start today? Well, well let's start with what's obvious: Shaq, Chuck, uh, Donovan. Uh, let's get to that. I uh, last night I'm watching the game and I'm sitting back and I'm going, "Yep, I got uh, I got one more show to do this week, and I got uh, I got my writing done." So I'm I'm all set. I'm all ready to go. And then the second Shaq said what he said, I th- pulled my computer out and started writing because yeah, this is, I knew this would be a hot topic, and the guys have been talking about it all day today. But a lot of jazz fans have too, and I know Twitter kind of erupted last night. But when I heard what Shaq said, and I could see it coming because of some of the comments they made at halftime, And I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting because they talked about a number of things, some of which had validity and some of which were just taken too far or too premature. I wrote a column about this, Jake, and I don't know if you had a chance to see it or not, but uh, it, uh, it discusses what took place and I think why it happened and what was right about it and what was wrong about it. Uh, a lot of people had a problem with the way Shaq approached that. I mean, he, to, for him to to pull Donovan on the show and then uh, not ask a question, rather make a declarative statement about how he's not good enough to take the Jazz to the next level. I, I you know, when you hear that, you think, okay, he's trying to provoke or he's trying to elicit some kind of response. It was just sort of an awkward way for him to do it. And I know Jazz fans hated it, but... There is some truth to what the guys were saying. When Chuck jumped in and Kenny Smith jumped in, they were talking about the high standards that a superstar player must uh, possess. And they said that Donovan's a great scorer, but that there are other things that he needs to add to his game. Now, I'll agree with that to some extent, but he has made progress in these other areas. Look at the game last night that they just witnessed, if they were watching it. Donovan Mitchell's 36 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. That's showing some versatility. You and I have talked about how Donovan needs to get a little better at the defensive end, and that's true. And there are other things that he has brought up himself that he wants to master. Court vision, uh, getting the spacing right, setting the offense upright, all those things. And he's very well aware of that. But I didn't understand exactly what the deadline was last night that all of that had to happen right now or else it was going to doom the Jazz moving forward as far as their their playoff hopes. It's, I mean, to, 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 to you know, to, <laughs> to put the shovel in the ground here and say, okay, this is it right now, you're not good enough, that's my main problem with what was said. Because I do believe that great players need to be held to a higher standard. You and I have talked about that on this show many times. 
and that Donovan is trying to develop into that kind of player. But I don't know what happened that it had to be that way as of last night. I just think what they were saying, uh, there, there's, there's value and there's truth to the whole idea that in order to lead your team to an NBA title, you have to be at a certain level, and there are certain things you have to be able to do. But Donovan is a work in progress still. He's only 24 years old. He's fourth year in the league. As I mentioned in my column, Shaquille O'Neal didn't win a championship until his eighth year in the league. And Charles Barkley never won a championship. So, I mean, this is this is what I didn't understand about last night. It seemed as though Shaq was trying to either antagonize Donovan Mitchell or, Jake, he was trying to motivate him in some sort of mystical Shaq-Fu way to, uh, to, to, to make him uh, pronounce that, yeah, I'm not good enough. I need to work harder. I need to do better. And then if he ever does reach that level, then Shaq will say, hey, I did it. I did it. Yeah, I. What to react on? Um, I athletes criticizing other athletes is a funny realm, right? And and it's what Shaq's paid to do, and I'm sure they're somewhat uncomfortable with it. So when they have, you know, they're they're paid to come up with these hot takes, so to speak, and then you have Donovan Mitchell on the show, and all of a sudden it's this masculinity thing. Like I, I'll say it to his face. I honestly mm-hmm. think that that's what it was from Shaq. It 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 completely inappropriate timing because Donovan just had one of the best games of his season. He was absolutely incredible. And the Jazz smoked the Pelicans again in an extremely entertaining game where they faced some adversity. I mean, there were so many like really good storylines in that game, and Donovan was just uh, amazing. I mean, it was it yeah. was an amazing performance from him. And it was it's so weird that, they, that that is the prevailing storyline on TNT. And I'll, I'll tell you this, those guys aren't watching the Utah Jazz. They're not watching the Jazz play basketball. And we can get into the differences in this team compared to last year's team. But they saw that the Jazz didn't make any major personnel moves in the offseason and just assume it's the same team and come into it with the same opinions. And it's... I, I don't I I thought Donovan's reaction to it was great because it doesn't matter and these guys honestly don't know what they're talking about and <laughs> and to say that that Donovan in in his fourth the beginning of his fourth year it, it could not become good enough to take the jazz to the to the next level is a premature judgment at best and if I brought this up with Tim on the post game show if you're betting against a guy that has improved every minute he's been on the floor in the NBA, he's gotten better. You know, I, I think that that's – I think I think Shaq got caught up in a hot take, and he's been picking on the Jazz this year for some reason. I don't know. But I Probably because those two guys get paid. And, yeah, uh, and he's jelly. We've talked about that. Again, using that, <laughs> using again. that word using that word jelly but but i you know it's it's a weird flex right to bring that up in the in the post uh, post game interview with donovan who handled it beautifully by the way and mm-hmm. and i love it that it you know oh, i is a thing now uh on uh, online because it's a great way to do it he's like okay all right whatever you know that's your opinion great that's that's terrific have a good one you know and then and then for Shaq to oh real quick for Shaq to backpedal and be like oh I'm doing this for motivation and and uh yeah yeah keep keep working on your game that's what I want to hear is is Shaq mm, realizing that that was not a real terrific move from him yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, look, any, anybody who's been a part of the media for a bunch of years, and, and those guys, I don't know whether they're members of the media or what they are. I'm not quite sure what their relationship is. But that uh, keep keep working at it, brother thing at the end, it was oh, just like, garbage. Shaq, yeah. what, what was that all about? But I have no problem with them asking questions. You and I have had the same discussion on our show, whether Donovan Mitchell had reached a level to be able to be a superstar. We've had that very same discussion. But to say it, Shaq said it outright. You're not good enough to take your team to the next level. That's nothing but BS. I mean, who the hell? What, what did Shaq do? I mean, because he won a championship once, but not until Kobe helped him. You know, that, 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 he, that uh, he's going to be the professor. He's going to teach the lesson. I mean, that just seemed awkward and weird. Uh, I, I don't mind those guys bringing up the question. 
But like you said, the timing of it was strange after Donovan had had a fantastic game. Uh, and to put it the way it was put was just uh, it was it was uh, kind of strange. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I agree with you that Donovan did handle it well. And his height, it was kind of like I, it was you said it was like whatever. I think it was a, had a little more harder edge to it. Like it was like I stick it where the sun don't shine, Shaq. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I think this will probably benefit the Jazz. I think those guys will rally around this a little bit. It's easy for any NBA team to get, especially when you win seven straight games, to get a little, I don't know, uh, to lose focus a little bit. And I I think this energized the team even more. I I know people say it doesn't really matter what Shaq says or what anybody else says, but it's been my experience that that most athletes who take great pride in what they do, they they do notice that kind of thing, and they do push forward. and And I would be surprised if the Jazz don't. Well, I thought well, I thought Joe Ingles, who was really good with DJ and PK this morning, would encourage uh, folks to give that a listen if if you haven't. Uh, I thought he was he was really insightful on all this, and and he 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 alluded to a little bit how they reacted in the locker room afterwards, and and then he said, "I don't think Donovan would mind me sharing this, but he doesn't care." And in Joe said that they were laughing at it mm-hmm. in the in the locker room. So I thought that was an interesting bit of insight right there. So I don't know how much of an edge uh, there was. I mean, you can you, they can use it as motivation, and that's probably a thing I would guess. But I I thought that was interesting what Joe said how they were they were laughing at it afterwards. Well, I mean, what you do in an outward way, uh, you know, if you want to insult somebody, laugh at them. You know, I'm not sure that that's really the way Donovan feels deep down. He's got he's too conscientious and he he cares a lot about his game. Same well, I'm just telling Rudy. you what Joe said. That's all. Yeah, because I, and I that, thought that I mean, was interesting and that stood out to me. So that's all I'm doing. Well, what are they going to do afterward? They they don't certainly want to deflect it, and yeah, maybe laughter is the best way for him to do it. And I'm not. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I, I believe Joe that that's what they did, but it is. It is interesting that uh, the whole idea, how good can Donovan Mitchell become? This is a work in progress. He's not there yet. He's going to get better. And now suddenly Shaq and and, and Charles and and Kenny was asking the question, uh, suddenly he has to compare favorably with LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard or, you know, the, the, the greats of the game. And I'm not sure that, that, uh, that Donovan's there yet. He's on his way, but I'm not going to sit here and go, geez, Donovan, what's the matter with you? You should have been LeBron's equal by now. And the whole idea that he, he only had one game where he got 10 rebounds, dude, 6-1. When did that become a measuring stick for for uh, a guard of his size? I, You know, there were just some silly things about it. But anyway, the point is the discussion is worth having. And I, I think it's a discussion that Donovan has had with coaches and with himself as far as, okay, how good can I be? What's my responsibility to my team? What can I do to, to help lift this team up? I, you can tell by the way he plays that he's constantly thinking about that. Even last night when he got off to that hot start and it looked like he could have gone for 50 if he'd wanted to. Uh, and then Quinn took him out and he came back in and, and, and he wasn't quite as aggressive offensively, at least seeking his own shot. Uh, he, he, you can tell he's looking for his teammates. He's trying to help them win as a team, not him. I think he does like to turn it on a little bit for the national audience, but a lot of players are that way. But I think he cares much more about his team than he does about trying to prove a point about himself. And, and I think that's evidenced in the way he plays. So anyway, it was, it, it certainly caught my attention, and it caught a lot of people's attention. And uh, I think uh, Donovan is too smart and too well adjusted to get too caught up in this thing, like you said. But he 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 does have worry. He has to. He does have to get better. I agree with that perspective. But I'm not going to sit here and say, "Geez, Donovan, you didn't do it in the first three seasons, and at the start of the fourth, so you're never going to do it." That's that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. 
The other thing Joe said this morning uh, was that he thought Donovan could average 36-8-8 if he played iso ball every time down the floor like some other players. We're live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, uh, the Salt Lake location. Of course, don't forget about their Orem location, 86 East, University Parkway. Uh, Christopher, of course, son of Tom Curl. Christopher joining us now. Uh, it's good to see you, Toph. How are you, man? So good, man. It's good to be back. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, and, and we love coming down. Down here, this is the always the most comfortable show of the week for me because uh, <laughs> I got a pretty good, pretty good spot right here. You're on a good looking power black sectional right now. Yeah, these are this is awesome. Yeah. By the way, yeah, and and here's the thing, you've got a ton of stuff. Not all furniture stores out there right now have a ton of stuff. You guys, as usual, pack full. You know, saying this is going to throw you back for probably like six or seven years, but saying we used to have was stack it deep and sell it cheap. Um. But it's good to be back. I'm here in the Salt Lake store. Um, but today I actually want to be talking about the Orm store a little bit. All right, let's do it. Um, the Orm store, we've specifically gone through our back warehouse and identified a lot of items that we just want to blow out, man. Christmas season's come and gone. We ordered a lot for then, and it's kind of the layover. We're trying to make room for some other newer stuff that we're going to get on the floor. So if you were hesitating at the Christmas seasons, now is the time to put the apprehension away and get some good deals. Awesome. 86 East University Parkway on that Orem store, by the way. Um, once again, specifically this spot, I want to talk about living room stuff. Now is a good time. We're always at home. The Jazz are killing it. We want seven in a row. Uh, if you need a new sectional, you got to go down to the Orem store. We have a beautiful six-piece real leather sectional that's module. That means you can arrange it the way you want. It has a console and get this, it has two chases. Both of the chases are full reclinable. Awesome. Not only that, we got a number of power sofas starting at ten ninety nine with matching power love seats starting at nine ninety nine. If you got a home theater downstairs, we have three uh, genuine leather, red, beautiful home theater chairs that are powerful. The head even swivels. We got some great deals down there in Orem, man. Now is the time. They need to get rid of inventory. Got trucks coming in, and that just means good deals for you. The warehouse in Salt Lake, 1825 South, 300 West, 86 East University Parkway. Christopher is going to be hanging out with us throughout the show. We appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Boom. All right. We'll have more big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today is Go Suburban, a local band selected by Austin and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, check them out, livenation.com. We're live from the warehouse today in Salt Lake, 1825 South, 300 West. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Don't forget, Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway. It's a Friday. That means we're rolling along with Gordon's list. What's the next item there, Gordo? Speaking of rolling along, uh, that describes what the Jazz are doing right now. Uh, as I'm watching that game last night, Jake, and I, I know the Pelicans are you know, not in top form right now, and I don't know how good they're going to be this year. And I, But I thought as the game started that Brandon Ingram was, uh, was doing exactly what you had predicted that he would do, namely have a better game. And he started out really hot, but the Jazz found a way to absorb that and to come on strong and, and open the thing up down the stretch. This thing is looking more and more real, Jake. And I know you talked about it uh, in the in the pre-half and post last night. But tell me what you're seeing. Do you think that uh, – do you see marked improvement with this team? Do you think that they're becoming more and more authentic to the point where they could be, you know, near – or maybe even at the top in the West? Well, that's a pretty steep standard because the Lakers are pretty good and, and the Clippers, you know, are, are proving to be pretty good. So, uh, you know, we can have that conversation. I don't know if they're quite there yet because those, I, you know, like I said, those two teams have really great players on them and, and the Lakers, you know, until someone knocks them off are, are the champs, of, of course. But I'll, I'll tell you what I think the I'm seeing out there, Gordon, is one – 
everybody's healthy and playing well at the same time. And we didn't see that last year. You know, we saw Mike Conley in and out of the lineup. We saw Joe Ingles. Was he comfortable coming off the bench? Was he comfortable starting? You know, Donovan Mitchell was was pretty solid all year long, and and Bogdanovich was too, but then Bogdanovich wasn't there for the bubble, right? Mm -hmm. And so we haven't really seen this team all together and playing well at the same time and we're seeing that now and it and as Bogdanovich's wrist is is getting better you know the team is is healthy and they're comfortable and I think that that's that's a big time difference that we're we're seeing what we were supposed to see last year but didn't for a variety of reasons and then on the other side Gordon the defense is better than I expected and of course Rudy deserves credit always when we're talking about defense but Mike Conley is guarding Mm -hmm. He's playing really well defensively, and he's got that attitude of, well, I'll step up and guard the other team's best player. You know, he's got that kind of, you know, it started with that Trey Young game, I think. Maybe it started before, but when I really noticed, like, he's got that enthusiasm, like, okay, I want the tough defensive assignment. You know, that's a role. Yeah, that's a role I think he's kind of embraced on this Jazz team, and I think it's an important one, and he's been really good at it. Well, yeah, and he's been good at both ends of the floor, and we've talked a lot about this, but last night did you notice when the Jazz, uh, on a few occasions when they weren't hitting shots, it seems like Mike, Mike Conley looked for ways to, to give his team a boost, and he hit some important shots to for them to maintain and, and grow their lead. Uh, of, of all kinds of different kinds of shots, you know. I mean, uh, three-pointers, and that it was an awfully nice spin move he made in the lane, that sort of pivot uh, spin that he did to, to hit that fall-away floater. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you completely. Uh, it seems like this team is much more complete than it has been in the past, and we're, the results are there. So... We'll see how good they can be, and we'll make comment on it as uh, this thing continues to progress. But right now, Jazz fans should feel cautiously optimistic about what this team is doing. Well, they got the longest win streak in the NBA so far, so we'll see where it goes from there. Jake Hank Aaron, Hammer and Hank, dies at the age of 86. Um, now, I don't know what this means to you in Austin, Mr. Baseball, but I'm telling you, for those out there who are of my age group, Hank Aaron, uh, Henry, (laughs) he was the hammer, man. This guy was a remarkable player to watch. And I don't know when the steroid thing started in and when guys started hitting, uh, you know, these bombs that were ridiculous, but... But back when Hank played, man, it was—it seemed like it was good old raw baseball, and he was so very good and so uh, fun to watch. And so he's not a big—he wasn't a big man. I mean, where was he? About 170, 180, something like that. But when he was in the batter's box, man, I used to break this down because I used to want to sort of copy it when I was out playing, uh, you know, my baseball. And like hitting home runs uh, left-handed, like I did, you know. And so I was, I would try and mimic Hank Aaron. But and there's one thing in particular that I heard that he did that enabled. I'm not comparing myself to Hank Aaron, by the way. I'm just trying to copy him. But I was told that what, how he generated his power was the snap of his wrist as he was coming through with his swing and. Man, I, I mean, he was, I don't know how a man of that size was able to uh, be so powerful. Did you see Hank at all? Have you seen any highlights from his career? I have, um, uh, particularly one highlight. Uh, of course, the, the record breaker where the two hippies uh, run out onto the, the field as he's rounding the bases. And I think Craig Sager was out there, too. Young Craig Seager. I, I, you know what I always thought about that was he had to be terrified, right? As as he sees people like from the stands running at him. I mean, what a what a wild thing, you know? And it turns out that they're just happy and all this stuff. But I mean, we never we never see fans go into the field of play like that's not a that's not a thing. And yeah. uh, at such an occasion, you know, breaking the the, you know, at the time maybe not now as Bonds as diminished it but the the most hallowed record in all of sports right 
you know, Babe Ruth's record and to have these two long hairs running out of the <laughs> running out of the stands at him like what a what a moment. And those two morons are now uh, have gone down in history. But uh, no. And if you look at, at Hank Aaron's what he achieved in his personal life and uh, I mean, he just seemed by all accounts to be an incredible human being. So it's a it's certainly a, a, a loss and uh, a sad day for that reason. I feel a, an uninteresting story coming on, but I, it's like having a fit. You got to have it. You got to tell it. So I'm the night that he hit that, uh, he broke that record. I was over at my friend's house, and we we're watching the game. And when he did that, uh, I remember feeling nervous about the pitcher and how he was going to feel about serving up the record breaker if it came. And sure enough, Hank delivered. And I, I still remember, I, Jake, I remember it clear as day, standing there, watching the TV, watching that ball sail out of the park. Yeah, it's one of those moments probably in sports, right? You, you remember where you were. It was one of my best sports moment memories. And, uh, the, and you know, those who are listening to the show, probably sports fans who have their own best moments and i wasn't even a, a, a huge fan i mean it, but it, it was it was monumental if, uh if i can babe add a Ruth, quick babe Ruth's, babe Ruth's record was iconic and here this man is bettering it right in front of our eyes it was amazing yeah yeah sure i i, I agree with both of you how great and, and heavy and weighted it was in, as a sports memory and a moment in sports history i think it was an incredible moment in history uh, with with all the civil rights uh, movement and the death threats that he and his family had been receiving and the racism and the prejudice that he was getting every each and every town the, the Braves went to. And then that continued even on and on and on after that, obviously. And he he was the modern day version of Jackie Robinson in that realm that he didn't ask for that mantle to be placed on him. But he and his family, they carried it well. And I think it was just it was a great moment in history, not just sports history. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well said. Do you guys have a, a, a favorite moment? Do you, or if not favorite, because you're rooting for something to happen, but just as you're watching it, either in person or on TV, where you just stood there kind of like, wow, this is this is to be remembered. The first one that comes to mind, I was a really little kid when Chris Weber called that timeout. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in my parents, in my at my parents' house, obviously my childhood home, and in the basement, and I I was cheering very hard for Eric Montross in North Carolina, and uh, I still remember that. Now, Austin, should I be surprised that uh, that Jake's memorable moment had to do with somebody? making a boneheaded error <laughs> uh, you know usually that that is jake and mine frankly that's our rap as we look for <laughs> the, the the negative to have to someone but that was that was i think nine out of ten people listening would would agree that was one of their biggest memories <laughs> to lose a national championship on a mistake like that and you know the other thing people often ignore about that is he traveled badly before he called that <laughs> yes. timeout. badly before he called that timeout. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. For some well, reason. that was one of those moments where I, I remember everyone must have just gone, wow, I can't believe that I just saw him do that. <laughs> Crazy. Austin, do you have a positive one? Uh, just while well, we were talking about baseball, so I think that's why it's jumping out in my mind. But uh, the summer of the chase, and though it's tainted, I still had a great, great time with my dad and brother's uh, coming home every day and say, is trying to see Sammy and, and Mark hit the next home run on that, on that summer. That was a great bonding summer as a family, he, whether they were on steroids, which they were or not. It, that be damned. It was a fun time. Those kinds of things really do mark the calendar of our lives, don't they? I, I don't want to get overly philosophical about it, but uh, I, it, it's like a, a good song. When you hear that song, it'll take you back to a certain time in your life. And these sports moments, uh, I can, as talking about what, what Henry Aaron did, I, I remember ex the exact place I was standing. I remember the friend I was with, and I remember uh, everything that was around, what was happening there. It was it stays with you. 
All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next, more Gordon's List. We're live at uh, the Warehouse 1825 South, 300 West, right here in Salt Lake. Don't forget about their Orem location, 86 East University Parkway. Howard Beck will be on the show at 4, Ben Anderson at 5. Stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse in Salt Lake, 1825 South, 300 West. Prices so low it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Coming up top of the 3 o'clock hour, uh, Austin's put together a package of uh, uh, the jazz last night, uh, the, the drama with TNT and everybody's reaction. We'll get to that in what's going on today at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Howard Beck at 4, Ben Anderson at 5. But uh, we have a few minutes here. Gordon, let's knock a couple items off that list. With the news of today, are you guys a little upset that you decided to pick the Bills over the Chiefs? Patrick Mahomes is going to be ready to go. Oh, no. I assumed he was going to be ready to go. So that did had, I. Yeah. yeah, that had nothing to do with my pick. And do you still feel comfortable with your picks? Uh, I do. I think the Bills are, are playing well. Um, the Chiefs have played well, but not as well as they played early in the season. So... I, I, uh, I'm feeling good about it. Josh Allen's balling out. They've got a quarterback. Their defense was incredible against the Ravens. Holy cow. So, yeah, I, I, I feel good about it still. I feel better <laughs> about that pick than I do about going with Green Bay over Tampa Bay. But do I still really? feel okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, both games should be close. I, Jake, you said yesterday you thought that uh, Green Bay may blow out Tampa Bay. I think you said that. Am I mischaracterizing? I don't think them? I said blow out, but <laughs> well, you said you said something. You like said that. they wouldn't score, Jake, and that uh, Green Bay would score sixty-five. I remember sixty-five-zero is going <laughs> is going to be the. Or you just the said they cover the three points. Huh? Sixty-five to zero. One or the other. <laughs> uh, okay, so but my opinion of this weekend this this may be one of the best weekends in all the sports. I lo- I love it. I like the NFL playoffs to begin with, and I really like this week because in some ways it's better than the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl ends up, there's so much hype around it, and there's so much, I don't know, sometimes it just ends up being less than less than thrilling. But this weekend, when you have those two, four really good teams going doing battle, two against two, and it's really good stuff. I love it. You guys feel that way? I hear you. I like it, uh, and traditionally this has been my favorite NFL weekend. But I got to tell you, I really liked expanded wild card weekend. Oh yeah, that was fun too. Six games uh, between Saturday and Sunday was was pretty awesome. But uh, traditionally, I'm I'm with you. Okay, let me ask you this, and and this may be a little too heavy for us to get into right now, but with Urban Meyer going to Jacksonville. What sport at what level do you think would be the hardest to adjust to as a coach? Well, because, I mean, he was so fantastic, at least results wise at the college level. And yet so many people are doubting his ability to make that jump. And I'm thinking, here's a guy who knows an awful lot about football and how to put a team together. But he's still going to have to make major adjustments, and and a lot of people don't know whether that's going to happen. So I started thinking, is it harder to go from, like, high school to college or from college to pro? And what sport do you think would be the most difficult to do that? I mean, aside from the pressure that comes and all that, uh, which which you think is the most difficult sport at what level? Okay, so uh, let's let's eliminate high school to college because it's, it's college to pro. Um, but the, well, the high way- school, I mean, yeah, think about J- Jerry Faust, though, when he went from, uh, what was it, Mueller High School or whatever to Notre Dame and failed miserably because it was just too overwhelming for him. Oh, well, Carl Faust aside, I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's college to pro, but which sport? Now, now that's interesting. The easiest is obviously baseball because the, the baseball managers don't do anything anyway. Uh, but between basketball and football, 
I would say, okay, here, here, bear with me here. Here's my logic, and, mm-hmm. and I don't, I'm not necessarily married to this, but but here's my logic. I would say basketball is harder because recruiting is such a big part of college basketball. You could know nothing about the sport, but if you were a good recruiter, people would think you're an awesome coach. So it, coaching X's and O's, that sort of thing, matters more at the at the pro level, and obviously recruiting isn't a thing. So I would go. I think I'm going to go basketball. I realize there's recruiting in football, but you have to recruit more, so the individual recruit means less. So I'm going to go basketball. Because do we really have any idea if if Coach Cal is actually a decent basketball coach, or is he just really good at bribing the best players? Well, he did coach in the NBA, and he was terrible. And so was <laughs> and so was Patino. He was terrible too. Um, yeah. I, I, I follow in your logic there. However, let me offer a counter argument. In football, there's so much coordination that needs to be done, and there are so many moving pieces to it that would make it much more complicated. Now, well, in basketball, especially at the NBA level versus the NFL, the NBA, you are making adjustments every trip down the floor. That's why you see Quinn and other coaches over there signaling to their players on every possession. And so it is intense and it's constant. But in football, you got a thousand people to coordinate. So uh, here's my argument for football is that what works at the college ranks doesn't work at the pros. So, you know, would, uh, would have, Tom Osborne made a, a great NFL coach? Absolutely not, because what made him successful doesn't work at the NFL level. What did make him successful? Oh, the, the triple option, man. Tom Osborne, <laughs> okay. are you with me? <laughs> that reminds me of that old station wagon commercial that Era Parsegian used to be in, uh, comparing opening the tailgate to a, the triple option. Part of the reason I don't think Urban's going to work at Jacksonville is because what he did at the college level doesn't work at the NFL level. But he's not married to that particular offense, and that was evidenced by when he allowed Ryan Day to to, to run his offense in that last series at Ohio State, and they yeah. were putting up a zillion yards passing. Run his offense. Run Urban's offense. Urban's coached the same offense for his whole career. No, I'm telling you, that last year at Ohio State, they were throwing the ball much more than they ran it. But it's still Urban's offense, and it's still a but, spread but yeah, but option he was attack. Willing, he was willing to listen to Ryan Day and to open that thing up, and that's it's what not, we'll have to do with the it's NFL. It's not level. just about passing. I'm not, I'm not saying passing as opposed to running. I'm saying the, the style of offense that he runs, the spread option attack, is not going to work as a full-time offense at the NFL level. So well, who says he's going to do that? He but he's never done an anything else. That's my point, is that what has made him successful at the college level is not going to work at the pro level. So whatever that, that's adjustment. Not the, that's not the only thing that made him successful. I mean, there were, there's all kinds of components to the to the whole. I, I hear you. But I'm tell, that's, that's why I'm making an argument maybe football is harder because what works at the college level doesn't necessarily work at the pro level. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just an interesting discussion, something that crossed my mind, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. And I'm not sure I disagree with you. I think I probably do agree with you on the whole. And one final NFL note that I had to run by Austin because uh, I saw a ranking of the best jerseys in the NFL, and guess who was last on the list? (laughs) Really? The Titans. Dead last? They were last. Yeah, people have seen the Browns I mean, jerseys, right? I don't know. Well, I, this wasn't, uh, you know, I don't know who, how this list was compiled. It's somebody's opinion. But I, the second I saw that the Titans <laughs> supposedly had the worst. And that's unis. why I'm a Titans fan, as I liked the uniforms. <laughs> yeah, that, that tells you all you need to know about me. Mm. <laughs> and you know who was number one? Green Bay. Nope. Green Bay was, I think, fifth. Dallas. No, Dallas was ninth, I huh, think. Who? 
A lot lot of times when I see those lists, it's the Raiders who are number one, but that was not the case in this list. It was the San Diego Chargers. Okay. So dismiss this list. (laughs) You don't like like the lightning bolt? The San Diego Chargers don't exist. They don't exist. That's true. Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying. (laughs) I think of San Diego. I I thought you meant the list actually called them San Diego. I'm sorry. No, I I slipped up on that. I got you. Yeah, they're located now uh, a couple of miles up to 1202. We're live (laughs) at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. You're not not required to correct me. <laughs> We're, yes, I am. Map quest. I, hey, hey, no, no, it's a heavy responsibility I feel daily. But thank you for correcting me on the location of the Chargers. I do appreciate that as well. <laughs> Come see us, the warehouse, eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred West, also eighty-six East University Parkway in Orem. Christopher is jumping on with us once again, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, you're 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 lining right up with your father when it comes to making deals there, Christopher. Hold on, let me turn you up. Johnny Lightfoot uh, left us. There you go. All right. Sorry about that. You're good. Uh, I mean, he's gone. You know, Clayton moved back to Peru, and he's working on his own business. And so I'm here running the show, man. I like it. You're doing a heck of a job. Yeah. We uh, we miss we miss Tom, and he's going to be back soon. But uh, we're doing well. Uh, last spot we talked about living room deals. All right. But so say you've got a vacation spot. You've got. Uh, basement you could lease out you got renters you got a kid growing up you got a kid moving back in and you need a brand new beautiful name we'll call it name brand bedroom set okay this is normally a deal would do for about 21.99 i'm talking a full hardwood bed frame a chest a mirror and a nightstand nightstand for 14.99 wow the whole thing the whole thing that's 700 bucks off that's incredible you can take your pick between one or two different colors. They're similar styles. They're 100% hardwood. It comes with a chest, mirror, and a nightstand. But if you're not stoked on that idea, if you're not totally in and on that idea, and you just want a bed frame, we're talking about Cal King metal bed frames. Comes in one box. Only has eight screws. You put it in real quick. It's like a five-minute assembly. 125 for wrought iron Cal King bed frame. That's amazing. It's incredible. We'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into our boom adjustable bed section. But if you b- want to buy an adjustable bed and you want a beautiful either wrought iron, hardwood, or upholstered queen headboard, starting at f- 75 bucks, boom, boom, baby. $75. Look at you go. 75 well, bucks. Done. My dad's gone, so don't tell him. Yeah. 75 bucks only for a headboard. We'll keep it. We'll, 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 we'll keep it from Tom just for now. All right, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. You heard Christopher, 86 East University Parkway. Go down to the Orem location. Get squared away. Get taken care of. We appreciate you, Christopher. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right, more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.